are listening to Young Life Interrupted, a podcast dedicated to 20 to 40-something caregivers. I'm your host, Adrian Glussman, change maker and professional speaker on the topic of millennial caregiving and a former caregiver to my mom who battled multiple system atrophy. I'm a former corporate gal turned entrepreneur with a passion for filling a huge need I saw during my 10-year care journey that finding your tribe and connecting with them regularly is essential, and that resources exist for caregivers, but not tailored specifically to young ones. I help young caregivers find community and connection to support them through every step of their care journey. Now, I'm ready to share stories, insights, and tips with you here week after week. Caregiving at our age is your unfair advantage. So if you're looking for support, you're in the right place. Let's kickstart today's episode. Welcome back to the Young Life Interrupted Podcast. So on today's episode, I wanted to bring up a topic that might not resonate with everyone that's listening, but I definitely think whether you just fell into caregiving or are a seasoned caregiver, you'll definitely get some really golden nuggets out of this next episode. I was having a preliminary interview for an upcoming podcast that I'm going to be on, and the host and I got to talking about various things, and one of them circled around the things I know now I wish I knew then. And an absolute light bulb went off in my head, and I thought, now this has to be a podcast episode. So as I mentioned, I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast are seasoned caregivers. You have been caregiving for a while or maybe your care journey is over like mine is. But I also know a lot of you are new caregivers. I've connected with some of you through my Instagram account and also my Facebook group, Young Life Interrupted, and you've reached out saying you're so glad that you found my Instagram because you didn't think there was anyone else like you out there and how you've been thrust into the caregiver role. So this one is really for you, all of you caregivers listening who are brand new to this journey, but also for all of my OG caregivers because we can always take knowledge and learnings and gentle reminders into our days as a caregiver. So How I wanted to set up this episode was going through some of the various things that I know a lot of us as caregivers wish that we had known at the start of our care journey. So in setting myself up for this episode, I decided, well, I don't want this to just be a one-sided conversation. I know I didn't know a lot of things, but I don't want it to just be about the things that I don't know about. So I posted in my Facebook group and a couple other Facebook groups for young caregivers asking for feedback to this very question. What do you wish you knew at the beginning of your care journey that you know now to help other young caregivers who are stepping into this role? And I got some really awesome feedback. And to be perfectly honest, every young caregiver that commented on my post really touched on one of the points that I wanted to communicate as well, 
And you'll find that. You'll find as you go through this crazy roller coaster of a care journey, a lot of the questions, the feelings, the emotions, and the sentiments that you're going to experience are not yours alone. Of course, we each have our own unique situation based on who we're caring for, whether it's a spouse or a parent or a grandparent or a friend, whether you're caregiving solo or you have family members who are pitching in, whether you're a 24-7 caregiver or a long-distance caregiver or your care lives in long-term care, at the end of the day, there are going to be common themes amongst all of us. So without further ado, let's kick off the list of the things that we wish we knew then that we know now. So first and foremost, don't feel embarrassed about grieving the life that you lost. Be comfortable with the phrase, This isn't what I expected, but I'm doing the best that I can. I think, especially as young caregivers, this is really hard. I'm not saying that falling into caregiving when you get older in your 50s, 60s, 70s isn't hard. Of course it is because everyone has visions and grand plans for their life. But when you fall into caregiving as a 20 or 30-something There's all those pivotal life milestones that I know that I've talked about before that are so important in these two decades of our life. And that's figuring out what we want to do for a career, dating, having babies, moving into our first house, like doing all that like hardcore traveling where you're backpacking around the world and sleeping in hostels if that's your thing. It was totally my thing. I know it's not for everybody, but those are the things that you do in your 20s and 30s. And When you fall into caregiving, all of those hopes and dreams, get the pause button pushed on them, to be perfectly honest. This whole life that you'd envisioned, everything, you feel like you've lost it, 100% lost it. What I try to tell people is it's not gone forever, it's just put on hold, but as you really get into the depths of caregiving, it's really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel and have a hope that one day you'll be able to pick up where you started. But at the end of the day, it's okay to grieve that life. And it's okay to grieve this new role that you've had to take on. Don't let anyone make you feel guilty for resenting your caregiving role. Wishing that your caregiving role would be over. As, as horrible as that sounds. And I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. And I've posted about it. There were many times that. As much as I love my mom and I knew how devastating it would be the day that she passed, there were days that I wanted this care journey to be over, not only for me, but for my mom. Um, So many of you, I imagine, are caregiving for people that have degenerative diseases and you're just seeing them decline and decline and go through the next stage of decline and it's heart-wrenching and it's, you know, excuse my language, like a mind F, to be perfectly honest, um... But don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about thinking these crazy thoughts. If you go back to, I believe it's episode three or four of the podcast, I did an episode all about the things that we think but we don't say out loud. So I would highly recommend tuning into that episode where I touch more on this topic. 
So another thing that I imagine a lot of you wish you would know, wish you knew that are falling into caregiving is you're going to earn an honorary degree in nursing. And this is not my words. This is actually from a group member in the Young Life Interrupted Facebook group. And she hit the nail on the head. She actually said to come at it with a perspective of learning instead of frustration as it makes it easier. I know all of you as caregivers agree with this. I never wanted to go to nursing school or med school, mainly because four years of college was enough for me. And I really hate needles. So that was never in my plans. But as a caregiver, you are forced to become a nurse. You're forced to learn all of these things. You're forced to learn medications and formulations and how to give injections and everything in between. So just embrace your honorary nursing degree and, you know, really try to just put things into perspective and take the learnings one step at a time. Now, you will also be getting a secondary honorary degree in administration. I have an awesome member of the Young Life Interrupted Facebook group who is, I like to call her the queen of admin as it comes to her parents, uh, as her, her parents care. She is on top of all things admin. And she commented just to be aware of the amount of phone calls involved with literally everything, the amount of automated phone trees and hold music that you'll be sitting through, the amount of paperwork involved with, again, literally everything. Learning how to play the middleman between doctor's offices, insurance companies, and doctor's offices and insurance companies. She said, no one's going to proactively tell you anything, so ask, ask, and ask some more. Research it yourself if you have to. It's like if caregiving weren't hard enough, like the actual physical, emotional, and mental strains of caregiving, then you throw in this whole other layer of the entire back-end administrative aspect of the caregiving, and that's something to be reckoned with 100%. I know when I stepped into my caregiving role, I initially just first started off by taking over my mom's finances in terms of paying her bills, getting access to her bank accounts, trying to understand all the money, where it was, the types of insurances that she had, more about her Medicare and her Social Security, all of those back-end pieces that I'd never had to think about before. And I took all of that over because I thought by taking that big burden and load off of my mom that she would in turn be able to help herself more and not have to worry about those administrative pieces. So as this caregiver said, definitely get ready for the administration. And to be perfectly honest, I've heard from other young caregivers, if you do have siblings or family members who are willing to pitch in and help, this is definitely one of those things that you could 100% delegate to someone else. Now, I know that that's not always the case. I know a lot of us do the back-end admin and the face-to-face care ourselves, but 
whether you're family members or even a family friend, even if they don't live in the same town, even if they live long distance and they really want to be able to contribute to the care of their loved one, this is definitely a huge load that can be delegated. And I highly suggest if you have somebody that's willing to take that on, you just say yes, 100%. So that leads me into figuring out the best way to communicate with family members easily. So I had a very rare instance in that I'm an only child of divorced parents. And of course, my mom had a brother who has three nieces. So there was my mom's side of the family And then, of course, my dad's side of the family, but I didn't have any siblings or anybody that I really needed to keep in the loop on a daily basis. And honestly, I was so protective and I would actually say overprotective of my mom that I honestly didn't want to share how she was doing proactively. Of course, my mom's family members and even my dad's family would reach out to me from time to time to say, how's mom doing? I would honestly kind of give like a sugar-coated answer because I didn't really get into it, but I didn't have people that I needed to update on a regular basis. That said, I've seen tons of different platforms and different caregiver apps that have come out that do just this. It's a way for everyone to plug into an app or a platform and for you as the caregiver to be able to go in and input your updates. And then if a family member is curious about what did the doctor have to say at the latest visit? How was mom's disposition? How was her eating today? Has anything changed with her medications? They can just tap into that portal or log into that app instead of having to call or text. Because even though I never experienced this, I've heard from so many young caregivers that it's so hard trying to caregive and then also have just all this loud noise in your ear. And by loud noise in your ear, I mean family members, a lot of them who are really just asking what's going on, but not even proactively offering to help, texting you, calling you at the most inopportune times to get updates. And I know for a lot of you, and I probably would have done the same, I would have said, if you want to have an update on how mom's doing, you can call her. This was when mom was actually able to still use her cell phone. But I can't have the chatter and the constant and the guilt and all of that. And I know that a lot of boundaries come into place when it comes to family members. And I would say and highly recommend, I mean, boundaries are important in all areas of our life, in our home life, in our work life. But if you are a young, a new young caregiver listening to this, You should really make it a point to set some clear boundaries from the jump with your family about how you're going to communicate and your desires in terms of people reaching out so that you don't feel even more burdened and overwhelmed and guilty about the situation. So the next thing is know that you are not alone. Now, Maybe listening to this episode of this podcast is the first time you've actually heard a young caregiver and can't believe that there is somebody who is saying things as if I'm in your head listening to all the thoughts. And I say that because that's what I hear from so many others. Like, 
Are you in my head? Your post resonated so much. That podcast episode spoke directly to me. Maybe you are. Maybe this is the first time. So welcome because you're not alone. I remember when I stepped into my care journey at 29, I had nobody. I had no friends that I could turn to. I mean, we were all 28, 29 years old living it up in New York City. Nobody was even thinking about this kind of stuff. So there was no one to turn to in terms of friends. I didn't even initially self-identify as a caregiver, so I never even thought to Google the word caregiver, much less Google the word millennial caregiver or young caregiver. And I just didn't even know what to do. And I really turned to my best friend Google at that point. But the beauty of it is, There are support groups out there. There are young caregivers on Facebook and Instagram, and you can just do a quick search using the hashtag young caregiver or millennial caregiver or search Facebook for different support groups for young caregivers. I'm a member of my group, Young Life Interrupted, um, and a couple other young caregiver groups, so I highly recommend you seeking those out. Also, there are resources available for young caregivers at the state and county level. I would really look into tapping into your local area, excuse me, area agency on aging. That's definitely a really good starting point uh, to try to find more resources, specifically as it relates to your area, as things differ by county and by state. Therapy. Therapy is... There should not be a stigma around therapy anymore. I mean, I think one of my regrets is that I didn't do therapy during my 10-year care journey. Lord knows it probably would have helped me so much. But turn to therapy. Like if you need that third-party person to talk to and you just need somebody that you know you're going to be meeting with on a consistent basis that you can just talk openly and freely about and who will help you with coping skills and mechanisms, by all means – Therapy is the way to go. And actually, a young caregiver, when they commented on my post, they dropped the name of a book that they said they wish they had read at the start of their care journey. It's called My Parent's Keeper by Jody Gastfried. So I've personally never read it. It actually makes me want to read it. But maybe that could be a really great resource for you as well. Have patience. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Be patient with who you're caring for, but forgive yourself for having human emotion. It's definitely not an easy task to care for another person, let alone someone who needs help with activities of daily living and might have serious health issues. I know for me, I am definitely not the most patient person. This little lady has a T-E-M-P-E-R, you heard it here, a temper. So stepping into caring for my mom was truly, truly a practice in patience. I had to, more often than not, step away, step out of the room, take some deep breaths because, and I will admit it because I always say I'm never going to sugarcoat anything and be very authentic about my care journey, there were times that I would yell at my mom because I just completely lost my patience. And it was not her fault. So I really had to step into learning how to be patient with myself 
And most of all, how to be patient with my mom and remind myself, this is not her choice. This is not her doing. She's not trying to make my life more difficult as much as it seemed that way. But she didn't choose this and I didn't choose this. And all I can do is just be patient for both of us. The next one is letting people help you, letting people help you who offer. So just let people help you. I took this straight from the comment from one of the young caregivers. So if you have kids, even if it's just watching your kids for a little bit, even if they offer to help fold laundry while they're visiting, even if in the middle of making dinner, you text your friend to vent, oh no, I'm out of butter, and they respond that they are literally standing in the dairy aisle at the grocery store and ask what kind you need. I am so that person that does not accept help. Like, I think I'm superwoman, as probably a lot of you all think you th- think you are too, and I just assume that I can do everything myself, and if I can't, then that shows some sort of a weakness within me. But at the end of the day, you just have to say yes. Just say yes. If somebody says, can I bring over dinner? Just say yes. I remember when my mom used to go to the emergency room late night and my friends would say, can we drop you off dinner? Can we drop you off something to eat? Can we come sit with you? And every time I said, no, 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 when maybe I should have just said yes. And a second part to that is, and I know this sounds so cliche as a caregiver, But it really is asking for and accepting help and understanding that you are one person, especially if you are doing this journey solo, you are only one person. And I'm telling you right now, you think you're going to be able to do it. Maybe at first you can run the ship all by yourself, but mark my word, you will burn out if you do not get help. And when I say get help, that can literally mean having a friend or family member come over for a couple hours to be with your loved one while you go run errands or maybe take some time for yourself. Maybe that help is in the form of bringing in a private duty aide who can really tend to your loved one while you go to work or while you get other things done around the house. I don't care how you get it, just Trust me when I say it's better to start thinking about and setting up plans for help now rather than when you're in the thick of things and trying to seek help is just one more thing to add to the to-do list. Actually start putting things in place for yourself. So this definitely isn't a must-do priority, but falling into caregiving really makes you think about all the things that you should be doing to set yourself up. And I know like I'm 40 years old and the thought of starting to pay into life life insurance, long-term care, get a living will going, designating a power of attorney, like that is the last thing from my mind. But to be perfectly honest, my mom put a lot of these things in place that really helped me when I stepped into my care journey. So truly, it really makes you think about starting to do these things at a younger age. And finally, make you a priority. Yes, you. You are still a person. You still have your interests and hobbies and life. I know that you've had to push pause on that, but you're still that person. And caregiving can be 
such an energy suck, such a time suck. Caregiving can take you away from everything that you thought and that you knew that you were. But you need to make time for yourself. Try to go out with friends or just go see a movie or just do something that does not involve your carry. Get respite care if you need to. Just know that it's never too much hassle to make some time for yourself because you deserve it and you need it. And I'm here to tell you that there is going to be a day where you will no longer be a caregiver. And even though you're going to have to shed that caregiver identity, you need to remember who you are at the end of the day. Because even though you are adding caregiver into your story, caregiver does not define your whole story. So even small things to remember who you are, take a walk, self-care. I know again, self-care is so cliche, blah, 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 but self-care and nobody can say they don't have time. Take 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. If that's meditation, if that's going outside for a quick walk, if that's just sitting in silence, if that's reading a couple pages from your favorite book, I think you get the gist of it. But please promise me that you will tend to yourself and try your best to take care of yourself. You will also likely be stuck in a constant fight and flight mode, which will completely wear you out mentally, emotionally, and physically. So what really worked for me is taking time to engage my parasympathetic nervous system, whether that's through deep breathing exercises, meditation, moving your body, kind of all the things I mentioned before. I... I know for 10 years, I was living in a constant state of anxiety with the exception of a couple hours overnight when I knew my mom was sleeping, as I imagine most of you are. So please, another reason to fill your tank. And again, cliche, I know there's the saying that you can't take, what is it? You can't take care of someone else unless you take care of yourself first. You need to fill up your cup first to be able to be the best caregiver to your loved one as possible. So I imagine I'm only scraping the surface of the things I know now I wish I had known then. But I think the topics I covered really blanket the big buckets. Falling into caregiving is scary. Falling into caregiving at a young age, well, it's even scarier, especially when you're going at it alone. My hope is that If you're a young caregiver listening to this episode and even if you're currently caregiving or you've graduated from caregiving, that you'll listen to the advice of myself and some of the other young caregivers' words that I input into this podcast and take some action on the few of the points discussed. Now, don't go trying to change the world and thinking you can just flick your magic wand and make everything happen all at once. Come on, Rome was not built in a day, people, and you'll just completely overload yourself. Instead, take things one step at a time and you'll slowly find yourself starting to find more support, be more resourceful asking better questions, and coming up with some solid systems and processes to manage the journey. And if you're looking for a community of young caregivers you can turn to with questions, I'd love for you to hop into the Young Life Interrupted Facebook group. Until then, just know 
you will get through this. You will figure it out. I did and so are many young caregivers you're going to come to learn more about as you start taking action to connect. It's not easy and it's definitely not pretty, but it's also not your end-all be-all and life sentence. Let me tell you, you got this, you can do it, and I'm here to help you through every step of your journey. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. Be sure to subscribe to the show, and while you are there, leave a rating and review. I read each and every one and love hearing from you. And if you're ready to connect with your tribe of fellow young caregivers who can do for you what friends and family just can't and fully get what you're going through, come join us over in the Young Life Interrupted group on Facebook. See you here again next week. Until then, keep finding those silver linings and celebrate the small wins.